0: For show notes from this episode, visit SustainableAmbition.com slash podcast. Now, let's learn more to help you craft your career to support your life from decade to decade. On to today's conversation. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for joining me on this episode. I thought I'd get on for another solo show to share some thoughts on a topic that has come up a lot over the last year during the pandemic. And that is the concept of living and not knowing. A wonderful mentor and I have talked a lot about this topic, but what does living and not knowing even mean? I can imagine that for some of you, that term is a little unknown. It means living in uncertainty. Not being clear on a path, say, or having the answer. It's this weird liminal state. But the challenge is that we are wired to want to know. We want certainty. And when we don't have it, it causes consternation and stress. Yet these days, what do we know for sure? And we've been asked that a lot over this last year. What do we know for sure? And even with the feeling of spring and the optimism that is springing up with the arrival of the vaccine, can we predict what we are going to be presented with next? Many of us are wondering, what is it really going to be like coming out of the pandemic? Will I really enjoy it? What will my life look like? We still don't know, truly. There are still a lot of open questions. And if you start to go along this line of thinking and immerse yourself in it for a bit, at some point you start to wonder, what have I ever known for sure? Now, why is this important to the concept of sustainable ambition? Well, because I talk about the idea of crafting a career to support your life from decade to decade. You know, if I go back and reference a quote again from William Bridges from his book, Transitions, he talks about, quote, adulthood unfolds its promise in an alternating rhythm of expansion and contraction Change and stability. So, during these times of adulthood and crafting a career to support your life from decade to decade, we go through many transitions through our life. And it's in transitions that we live in moments of uncertainty and not knowing. During such times, we can often feel unmoored and unclear. My mentor knows that I've lived in a liminal state of not knowing at different periods in my life during which I was navigating where I wanted to go with my career, how I wanted to shape my life. And while such times have been hard, I've gotten through them, and I've actually relished many moments and experiences during such challenging growth stages. My mentor stated uh, one time this past year that I must have learning to share that might be helpful to others being called to live now and so much not knowing. So I'm being open here and sharing with you what has helped me navigate uncertain and sometimes rocky times. So what I'm gonna share in this episode is actually content that was inspired by an article I wrote at the end of last year titled, A Guide to Living and Not Knowing. And I'm gonna cover 15 lessons or insights or actions really, that I suggest to survive and thrive during uncertainty and growth stages. And these 15 lessons fall under four core stages. The first is stop and orient. The second is resource. Third is attune and analyze. And the fourth is act, learn, and grow. So I'll start with stop and orient. So what do I mean by this? It means that when you find yourself in a state of not knowing, it's wise to pause and to just stop and get yourself oriented what's happening for you. So with that as a goal, a good place to start is simply to acknowledge and inquire. So acknowledge that you are in a state of unknowing, as we all are, and normalize it. We really are not alone when we are. recognize that we are in this state, far from it. So a a simple thing to do is to look at the state of being and how you are feeling, and simply inquire about it. What's here for you in this space of not knowing? So again, the first place to start is to acknowledge and then to inquire. The second step is to get grounded. Now, what I'm about to share may sound a little counterintuitive, but I actually found it really helpful to step away from the cloud of not knowing in the moment and to focus on what I did know. For me, that looked like documenting a long-term vision of what I wanted for my life, framing where I wanted to be in 10 to 15 years, and the kind of life I wanted to create for myself and my husband over time. The vision grounded me and allowed me to get oriented. My further out goals were much more clear to me than what I should be doing in the short term. So when doing this work, one doesn't have to know all the specifics, but having a general sense of where you want to go can really help. And for this type of work, I've been inspired by David Allen's Horizons of Focus model and even created a tool of my own called the Decade by Decade Horizon Map, which you can learn more about on the Sustainable Ambition website, in which I'll capture in the show notes. I also appreciate the advice from Dr. Ned Halliwell to identify just three short, medium, and long-term goals to both focus your actions and help you achieve goals across multiple horizons. So again, in this first stage, stop and acknowledge that you're in a state of not knowing, and then get curious about what is happening for you, and then orient by finding some grounding by doing long-term visioning and identifying, I might even say, some big hairy, audacious goals for your life that feel rich and resonant for you. And hopefully by doing that, you can at least start to orient yourself and get grounded in a state of uncertainty. So the next stage I call is resource. So what I mean by this is resource yourself. (laughs) And so this is about how you will give yourself the energy and support to sustain yourself during this time. Being in not knowing can be stressful and taxing, sorry to say. And people probably have been experiencing this yourselves during this time of the pandemic. So the third lesson on the list, which falls under this resource stage is build resilience. So I mentioned Dr. Rick Hansen often, in my work, and I had the pleasure of taking a class with him on the science and practice of resilience, and his teaching has helped me tremendously during these times of not knowing or during times of transition. He has a book on the topic, and I also love his Being Well podcast and highly recommend the first couple of seasons that can inform managing through this stage and building resilience. I found a lot of useful insights and exercises through his wisdom. And his work is rooted in neuroscience and brain function, and I'll talk just a little bit about one of his uh, concepts that I think is really important. So he talks about the idea of neuropsychology of learning and how mental resources are acquired in two stages. For example, he talks about the idea of activation and then installation, and that he says that experiencing something doesn't necessarily translate into learning and into something that is going to stick with you essentially. So he talks about this idea that you need to install an experience in order to have it have lasting change. And then he talks about this acronym HEAL, H-E-A-L. So H is have a beneficial experience. E is enrich that experience. The A is absorb the experience. And then L is link a positive and negative material with with that experience, which is an advanced concept, which I'll have to admit, I I often stop at the (laughs) H-E-A. So he says, essentially, have an experience and really enjoy it. And that is how it starts to get embedded in you and actually is something that you learn that can then get embedded and can build your resilience. It can build those resilience stores that you can call upon during challenging times. So to me, this can be as simple as going on a walk in the beautiful sunshine, feeling the sun on my face. Maybe I'm lucky enough to come upon some musicians playing music, pausing to enjoy that experience and then really absorbing that experience and being present to it. So, I will send you to Dr. Rick Hansen uh, to learn more, and I'll capture some information in the show notes. But that's just a primer on some tips around building resilience and some of the tools he has around that topic. Now, the fourth lesson is pause. This is another way that you can really resource yourself is taking pauses. And if you can, even if for short periods, take a pause if you feel you need it. You know, I fought this for a long time in terms of when I felt like I needed a longer pause and I waited due to financial and life requirements. But at some point, I really had to take a break and I was responsible about it. I certainly made sure I had savings, made sure I had a plan, and I advise anyone to be financially responsible if they take an extended break. For me, that break overall was just invaluable And helped fill me up, and is something that I still fall back on. As you know, this it really even served, frankly, as a way to build my resilience. And then, if you are taking a break, a big point here, even if you're just taking a long weekend, be really present to it. I really can't state the importance of this enough. Fretting about things during a break is not going to manifest the answer believe me, because I've tried. (laughs) And all fretting did was diminish moments of my pause instead of me really experiencing it fully and soaking it in. I did that much of the time, but I could have done it even more all of the time of just being truly present, letting some of those answers come to me when the time was right, as opposed to fretting and trying to force it. David Brown and I talked about this in episode nine, about which I was asking him about he and his wife's experience traveling for a year. And his wife, Alexandra, noted in their book about how three months before the end of their trip, she went ahead and started to consider work upon return. And she writes that it was her biggest single regret of the trip. You know, it was this Not staying present in the moment, not staying in the experience that you're having in the moment, and instead starting to get your mind triggered into another state. And it can really have some negative consequences of not allowing that pause you're taking to have the full impact that you want it to. I've even experienced this just on a shorter vacation where I think, oh, I'll just check email really quickly. And all it takes is one email that throws you off and it can ruin one or more days of your vacation. And I just don't know that it's worth it. So I wanna reiterate here too, that it's important to think that pauses um, don't have to be long. I have an article on my website under the How to Sabbatical Guide that talks about how to take pauses of different lengths. So just remember, Yes, it's, it's brilliant if you can take a longer break, but really it's important for us all to learn how to take pauses of different lengths. Remember, even taking one minute to take three to five deep breaths can give you a reset or taking a 10 to 15 minute walk in the sunshine. So please don't make pauses feel insurmountable like you can't ever fit them in. You, you really can, and they can be impactful. So lesson number five is seek wisdom and guidance. During growth stages, I personally look to others for wisdom. You know, why think you have to figure it out all on your own? And I personally love to learn. So I read a lot and listen to a lot of podcasts, seeking inspiration to guide me. Books of particular note uh, are When the Heart Waits by Sue Monk Kidd, Transitions that I mentioned earlier by William Bridges, and Comfortable with Uncertainty by Pima Chodron. And podcasts of note are Oprah's Super Soul Conversations, The Pivot Podcast with Jenny Blake, and Being Well with, of course, <laughs> Dr. Rick Hansen, amongst many others generally interesting like topics that over time have fed my curiosity and soul. Finally, I've have also found it invaluable at key stages to work with an executive and career coach. And I think having a guide during times of transition who is dedicated to being your champion and a sounding board may seem like an indulgence, but it's quite helpful and valuable. And, you know, my own experiences have led me to this type of work myself, but I, I do think if you can Afford it, it is something that can be super helpful during challenging times or going through transitions to have that support. Now, another way to build up a support system, and that's lesson number six, is through a wonderful group of friends and family and having a supportive partner. You know, for me, I can't say how important having this type of group has been to me during periods of unknowing. So I'd encourage you to surround yourself with a community of people who will support you and have your back so you can confidently progress forward. It's also interesting and important to consider finding a group going through a similar experience so you can know you're not alone and will be supported. Several years ago, in a training on designing and leading change at the Grove Consultants International's, The instructors shared a cultural anthropology concept of communitas, which means a community experiencing a transition at the same time. And they talked about how helpful this type of group can be while going through a change. It's like a a rite of passage. And I found having the right community support during such times can really be invaluable. I also learned for myself, and you might be different, but for me, what I learned is that I really appreciate being with people who are creative and innovative, leading to generative conversations that are energizing and fun. So I'd encourage you to pay attention to the types of conversations that fuel you and seek out and move towards those individuals with whom conversations are generative for you and enjoyable. You know, Brene Brown on a podcast at the end of last year with Tim Ferriss and Dax Shepard talked about how we are heavily peer-influenced and that we take on the energy of those around us. With that in mind, I'd like to remind us that our attention is precious, our creative energy needs to be fueled, and our attitudes need to be protected. So really think about who do you want to bring into your inspiration and support circle during such transition times? Whose energy, thoughts, and inspiration do you want around you? Next in lesson number seven is lower your anxiety. So it's not unusual for anxiety to rear its head during times of uncertainty and when you feel off balance. As I mentioned earlier, being and not knowing can be stressful and taxing. So not too surprising, again, that anxiety shows up. I personally found it helpful to have at hand a list of anxiety medicine, if you will, my anxiety prescription that I could take when my anxiety, anxiety flared up. For example, I can could acknowledge that I am feeling anxious and then remind myself that I'm, I'm okay right now, as Dick, Dr. Rick Hansen advises. He has this simple, quick, soothing phrase to just say to yourself, you know, I might say, take a deep breath. And then just say, I'm okay right now in this moment. And that reminder can quiet the anxiety. I actually developed five mantras that I could refer to in a moment to immediately kind of write myself. You know, I also took um, and continue to rely on a few other actions like shifting my energy by getting out into nature and comforting myself with a walk in the park Remembering that anxiety is the flip side of excitement. So I ask myself if I can reframe my anxiety to be about excitement. And then simply sometimes asking myself, like, what's what's the worst that can happen, right? And realizing that I can get through that too. And then I just want to say also to bring breathing back again, don't forget breathing. I just saw on Instagram recently, Ariana Huffington shared this beautiful video of a young boy about six years old, coaching his younger toddler brother to calm down during a tantrum by taking him through just a couple of deep breaths. It was so beautiful and it totally worked. So remember that's really a simple tool that we can, we often forget about that is easily at our disposal to calm our anxiety. And I encourage you to, because we all experience anxiety at times, I encourage you to come up with your own anxiety prescription and toolkit. Finally, as lesson number eight in the section of resourcing yourself, be kind and compassionate to yourself. I'll admit, I still have to remind myself of this, but it's really important. A lot of people have written and spoken about the power of self-compassion. We often are much harder on ourselves than we are on others. So you should ask yourself, would I say this to my best friend? likely no. (laughs) So practice being kind to yourself and showing yourself some compassion during these difficult times of not knowing because they are challenging. So after you've stopped and oriented yourself, then resourced, now you can attune and analyze. This is the next step before you get into action. It's the thinking and analyzing stage. So, lesson number nine in this stage is first do the work. You know, so I think there are two sides of being and not knowing. On the one hand, I don't think you can be passive and just assume that the universe will take care of all. You have to be actively engaged in finding your way to some sense of clarity in the moment. So it's important to do the work to know yourself. Mihai Cheek sent Mihai states in his book, Flow. Quote, these seemingly easy questions are almost impossible to answer for someone who has lost touch with his own experience. If a person is not bothered to find out what he wants, if his attention is so wrapped up in external goals that he fails to notice his own feelings, then he cannot plan action meaningfully. I so agree with this. One of the things that comes up a lot during career transitions in particular is that people just don't know themselves. They seem lost. So you need to do the work to get attuned to yourself. Allow yourself time to contemplate, reflect, and stay in inquiry on what's taking shape right now. This is also where pauses come into play and can really give you that space that you might need to tune into yourself. So the next lesson, number 10, is surrender. It's the flip side of lesson number nine, doing the work. As I said, there are two sides of being and not knowing. And sometimes all the work in the world ends up being futile. I was listening to a pivot podcast episode with Jenny Blake and she helped unblock me with this concept of surrender and asking the universe to show me the way. I had been struggling with the project and had not had a clear vision that resonates despite a lot of effort and trying to define it. And then in one moment, I was given permission to surrender and let the universe show me the way. Immediately, my heart lightened and I brightened. Oh my gosh, can I do this? Can I let this go? Can I just surrender? So the burden had been lifted to figure it out. In this case, my working at it wasn't bringing me to knowing. It was just time for me to surrender and to put that particular question and project down to wait for the insight to show up, to wait for this path to show itself while I'm progressing other activities forward. And then, you know, if that path becomes clear, then I can pick the work back up. Or perhaps I surrender it altogether. You know, sometimes periods of not knowing require us to pause and slow down. The answers don't always come on what we think is supposed to be the timetable. And at times, The lesson actually is to let go of what was, so surrender. Finally, in this stage, lesson number 11 is to follow your curiosity and attention. Two questions have helped me during times of not knowing and have helped friends when I've shared them with them, these questions with them as well. These questions have really helped get them unstuck when they feel like they have to have an answer. So instead, ask during these times, what am I curious about right now? And what has my attention right now? Just start there. In doing so, like just indulge in what's present for you at this moment. Another thing you can do as part of this inquiry is to also look back in your history and look at past experiences and see if you can find threads that connect to your current curiosities and what is holding your attention right now. Is there more insight there when you do so? So follow your curiosity and attention. Okay, so the final stage is act, learn, and grow. After you've stopped and oriented yourself, you've gotten resourced, and then you've tuned into yourself, now you can get into action. So lesson number 12 is take the next step. A wise coach that I've worked with, Meredith Melberg, always advised me, just take the next step. What action is next? It's really great advice to get you moving without having to have your whole path figured out. You take the next step, you assess, you figure out what the next step is from there. Also, consider asking, okay, from here, what do I want to try next? You know, create different experiments and determine what you want to prototype in small ways to help you find your way to what's next. And then as Adam Grant, the well-known organizational psychologist wrote, quote, uncertainty is hope disguised as dread. The best antidote to anxiety isn't calm, it isn't distraction, it is action. So I encourage you, take the next step. Lesson number 13 is to reframe failure. You know, during these liminal times, during transition times, these times of uncertainty, frankly, as with most of life, we have to accept that there will be setbacks. But I, like many others, don't really like the word failure. And my favorite quote around this is from Oprah who said, quote, there is no such thing as failure. Failure is just life trying to move us in another direction. I so love this. So as you try things during a time of unknowing and they don't go as planned, don't be critical of yourself. Take it as learning and life pushing you in the next direction. Along those same lines, I also love the idea of this inquiry from Adam Markle on the Being Well podcast, where he shared, you know, what is the meaning and wisdom in this situation when you look back on it and this perspective as well? Like, I failed good. It means I can go find something better and more interesting. You know, that's so great, right? Like, okay, you failed at something. Who cares? Like, maybe that just wasn't right for you. So, like, Go find something better and more interesting that really resonates with you. You know, and then another wise coach I've worked with in the past says, you know, what's the gift and opportunity in this moment? You know, so there's really these, in all of these examples, a sharing of how do you reframe failure, failure in quotes, because again, I hate that word, to make it more powerful for yourself and to see it as information. It's just information that can push you in the next direction. Then lesson number 14 is look for alignment. You know, there will be moments when a vision, a plan, the path actually starts to show itself. And you need to really pay attention to the signals where life moments start to line up and where they don't. So like, where are you feeling the momentum? Where do you feel like you're continuing to walk into walls? Like, pay attention to that. Sometimes you'll feel so much dissonance and friction like, and if that's the case, you know, that's probably not the path versus where do things become a little bit easier? Where are things flowing? Pay attention to that. Finally, lesson number 15, be motivated by growth and learning. This is becoming a really important concept for me because I think as grownups, we forget that we have to learn new things and that when we get on a new growth curve, it can be uncomfortable. So I shared this on my last solo show, a quote from Marie Forleo, that really stuck with me last year and has continued to galvanize me. She shared how living, being on the edge of growth, is the best place to be. Now, as I shared before, I know that growth and learning is one of my top values. So At different times, I was asking myself after I, you know, heard this from her, why am I fighting being in a deep stage of growth, even if it is uncomfortable? And then she said, quote, choose growth and learning over comfort and certainty. Yes, that's so resonated with me. (laughs) You know, did I want comfort and certainty? Yes, of course I did. You know, I, stability is one of my other core values, but did I want that in sacrifice of growth and learning? Absolutely not. You know, if you are comfortable and certain, you aren't necessarily on a growth curve. And to me, you know, I would hope and I would encourage you to lean in to growing and learning. Another thing that has really stuck with me around this idea of growth and learning is something that my mentor has shared with me this idea and how she kind of frames it is goes like this. Are you certain of what's next? Me? No. Well, good. That means there are all kinds of possibilities. What a beautiful reframe. Knowing means certainty, means one path. Not knowing means uncertainty and a world of possibility. Wow. I love it, I'm all for that. A world of possibility, that sounds really amazing. And we forget that knowing can put us in a box. Not knowing opens up possibilities. And that's where growth and learning can reside. So I know living and not knowing isn't easy and it can be quite uncomfortable as I've mentioned a couple of times. So I hope that sharing some of these insights and tools that have provided me with guidance and relief can help you in finding some peace as well, and can also give you some enrichment and joy as we all wade through this time of uncertainty. So I encourage you to remember to accept your current state, resource yourself to have resilience and grit to get through the uncertain time, do the work to get attuned to yourself, and be present in to what's taking shape for you, and then get into action to find your way through. Because in the end, while periods of not knowing have been some of the toughest for me, they've also been some of the most enriching of my life. And I really wish the same for you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Sustainable Ambition Podcast I hope you take away at least one learning or inspiration from today's conversation. Find more inspiring interviews and get show notes for this episode at sustainableambition.com slash podcast. Make sure you don't miss an episode or my insider tips, guides, and tools by signing up for Sustainable Ambition Forum, my twice monthly newsletter. Sign up at sustainableambition.com slash subscribe. And remember, it's not about finding work-life balance. It's about building work-life resilience. Thanks again for joining me. Speak with you next time.